episode of Kentucky Politics Weekly. As always, I'm your host, Trey Watson, joined by Tom Stevens. Tom, how you doing, buddy? Good. What's up, Trey? You're, uh, the listeners can't see this, but I can see on the Zoom, and uh, you, you got like a Hawaiian shirt on there. Are you, are you joining the, uh, like the, uh, the, the, alt, the alt-right army here? No. The Boogaloo movement? I think this is actually uh, something that I got at a Jimmy Buffett concert, like, 15 years ago. Well, Have you heard that the, the parrot heads are in the midst of an impeachment battle? No. Apparently like the president of the parrot head association has been impeached and there's all this stuff floating around about like how it happened and what the rules are and stuff. I didn't even know it was actually a formal organization. So uh, Yeah, that seems a little, uh, a little formal for just hanging around and getting drunk, you know? Yeah. Apparently it's not just about hanging out and getting, getting drunk. That's literally one of the quotes that I saw. So. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, a bunch of stuff to talk about in the news. Uh, let's start with we we've not uh, we've not been together since uh, you attended the sentencing hearing for Jerry Lunigan and Dale Emmons last week. Uh, what 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 what'd you what'd you hear? What'd you see? What do you think? Uh, well, it was fascinating to have the opportunity to attend that as a member of the media. Um, uh, it, it just, you know, the emotions. So take it another way, like just setting all the politics and, and other things aside, you've got a 73 year old man and a, I think a six, I think Mr. Emmons, I think is 67. And you basically have these two grandfathers over a case that's been going on for, you know, better part of five years that are getting ready to go to prison. I mean, just the, the sadness of seeing something like this, um, you know, the history, the, the legacy of patronage, single party politics, slowly but surely coming to an end in Kentucky. So uh, a changing of the guard. Well, you know, we talked about it with, with Scott Jennings, talked about it a little, little bit with Will Carley. You know, yeah, it's kind of fun, you know, in, in, in the partisan political world that we live in and doing the snarky stuff, especially I do. I'm like, ah, oh, Jerry's going down. Woo-hoo. You know, and, but at the end of the day, like, there's got to be a better solution for punishment and prevention of this sort. I mean, the obvious, the obvious answer is you just you open up the campaign finance system because the campaign finance system in this country right now, Tom, is messed up. It's, it's I mean, you were you were on the on KREF for a while. It's broken right now. The people who have access to the most money to spend are completely unaccountable and can remain anonymous. The people who have the second most amount of money to spend are the parties. The people who have the least amount of money to spend are the candidates, the people you want to hear from. You know, I, I like the way the Virginia system is set up, which is uh, it's unlimited donations to the candidates. Uh, and, and, you know, from there, if you have to set up an anonymous group or something, like, all right, well, then what are you hiding? You know, there, there's, there's the appearance of nefarious uh, intent over there because you can just cut a million-dollar check to a candidate if you want to. And they've got they've got much tighter reporting rules. I think over there, uh, anything over ten thousand dollar donation is forty eight hour reporting. 
Uh, they have more frequent regular reports as well that, that, than, than we require. Uh, and they've got and they've got some more teeth to their enforcement system. I just you know the the system we've got it is Pollyanna, Tom. It, it is it is it is naivete to believe that you're going to take money out of politics. Money's always been in politics. It always will be in politics. The sooner that people realize that and create a system that uh, fosters fair play and transparency, the better we're going to be. But there's these people still try to tilt the windmill windmills and kick money out of politics. It's never going to happen. But okay, to your point, I. I don't disagree with you, and I would like to see a system that had considerably more transparency to it. Having said that, um, first of all, the things that they were um, found guilty of were all federal crimes, not state crimes. And no, these I, I, simple, I, think, I, think, I think the federal system should be changed as well. I think it all needs yeah, to be they, changed. It's, it's, it's well, these, weren't, these weren't small amounts of money. I mean, what they ultimately took, which, by the way, they repeatedly lied about, um, I mean, it's not like when they were, when it was found out, they were like, oh, yeah, well, eventually, eventually they did after, but it took, it took extraordinary means to get there. That's one of the reasons that it's taken so long for the matter to go to trial. But it was, I mean, it was hundreds of thousands of dollars that were redirected from somebody of wealth and privilege to someone of wealth and privilege's campaign. And I, you know, I candidly, uh, I thought the judge, I had not been in a sentencing like this. I thought what they they did showed remarkable restraint. So uh, Lundergan could have gotten more like five, six years. And what he ended up getting was actually only 21-month sentence. And that sentence, actually, the imposition of actually showing up has been delayed all the way to February, trying to, I think, you know, give us a chance for the COVID-19 stuff to take place. And I, I'll say this, too, when you compared – uh, just, just sitting there visually looking at him, Trey, and looking at Mr. Lundergan compared to uh, Dale Emmons. Emmons, while five, six years younger, is just absolutely, to my eyes, a broken man. I mean, just shattered. Lots of, of health conditions. And he actually, uh, the imposition of his sentence is nine months in a basically a halfway house. Um, so I, both these guys were given a tremendous amount of deference in light of the other things that um, contributions that they may have, have made in their life. I mean, Lundergan had 89 different letters written on his behalf, and the judge quoted extensively from some of them, in particular one from uh, Joe Kraft that he, he read at some length at the, the sentencing. So, I, you know, under the circumstances, had, had they, uh, you know, immediately acknowledged the, the mistake instead of continuing to, to hide behind the fact. I mean, these are people that are experts in their area. This is somebody that's you know, in Emmons case, you know, this guy's run hundreds of, been the consultant on, you know, a hundred and how many campaigns. Jerry Lundergan, former head of the, the Kentucky Democratic Party. These aren't novices. Yeah, you, you, they, were, you, they did this you deliberately. Know you know the rules. They did this but, deliberately. But, 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 but my point, and they though, got caught. My point, though, Tom, is, is I, I, don't I agree. Like the system either. I agree. It's the system. It, it is the system. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not arguing that point. I, I'm arguing the system's not good. I don't, I don't think it's. Agree. I don't know what what justice is served by sending these two guys to prison. Well, I think that the, it's it, I think it's absolutely incumbent upon the system that when people look out there and know that the Congress has made these punishments serious and they've done it for a reason. Yeah. And you cannot allow somebody from a situation of wealth and privilege like Lundergan, who we just I mean, we railed on them about, you know, how they they worked their books so that he didn't show an ownership interest in the company that just did the contract, yep. the however many million unbid contract with UK for the hospital facility that was never used at the same time UK is laying off hundreds of staff 
Oh no! There's a lot of st- there's a lot of stuff B should B should go down for. Well, you <laughs> know, one of the, the things that would have prohibited them from being a, one of the things that would have prohibited them from being able to have the contract is an election finance violation. Yeah, and they worked around it. Yeah, one of the things that he testified to during his allocution tray, he said on the stand that one of the things that he did every day was that he got up. It's, it's almost Nixon-esque. He got up every day. You know, and he enjoyed so much going down and working with his daughters at the at the business and every day and how, you know, his active involvement. Well, he's just been taking off all the ownership documents so they can continue to pursue government contracts. Yeah, that's the problem. It's an insider's old boy network of single party rule in this state that's continued to funnel stuff. So I unfortunately, I, I think that, you know, sometimes you hear about people and, you know, they're they're They end up being convicted of a crime they didn't commit. But oh, no, they've he, done a lot of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and like finally, something hit. So well, it's, I, like, it's like Al Capone. They got him on, on mail fraud. You know? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like tax, <laughs> tax evasion. Eh, you know. Uh, and look, well, let's be honest. It's a long time off. The judge, the judge was extraordinarily generous, I think, both in the sentencing and in the time to report. I mean, waiting until February for both of them. And let's be honest. I mean, both of these guys are going to appeal, and, and there is an interesting constitutional argument there about whether or not you know, these donations could, you know, there's certainly a chance that it'll get picked up on appeal. Let's, 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 let's stick on campaign, campaign finance and, and money and politics and move north of our border to Ohio. Uh, story came out just this morning. I'm looking at a Columbus Dispatch article that was updated at 10.42 a.m. The uh, former, but also current, thanks to the way that term limits work, uh, Speaker of the Ohio House is currently under... Uh, under a, a federal uh, indictment, was arrested for sixty million dollars in bribery. Wow! <laughs> the, That's the, a lot. the former, the former Ohio GOP okay. chairman was also arrested, along with uh, Matt Borges. I've actually met a couple times, along with uh, uh, one of Larry Householder's speakers' uh, advisors and two lobbyists. Uh, this is this has not come out in, on articles or anything yet, but I, I'm told it's in regards to a piece of legislation. It was then voted on last year and, and approved uh, a, a referendum, uh, having having to do something with the nuclear plants and, and some sort of a, a approval thing. Oh, wow! And but here's the, here's the thing about this one, Tom, is it, is it, as it was explained to me. Now, obviously, they've not even held the press. I think the press conference is at two thirty. Uh, so you know, literally, they're just now processing these guys. Haven't even held the, the U.S. Attorney press conference yet. But what I'm told that it kind of happened here is that these guys did what happens a lot of times in politics. Hey, you know, uh, we, we might be able to twist some arms to get this thing through the legislature. I you know I support it. I'm not going to support anything that like, you're, you're not paying me to support it, but I might be able to, to, you know, put a little bit more energy into getting it through. If you uh, move some money around into these campaigns over here to make sure these people get elected and then I can, I can retain my spot as speaker. Uh, well, then it's it's like Bridgegate, you know, yeah, that we just yeah, went through yeah. in New Jersey. I mean, at what point does a political decision, you know, the different influences and factors, and and and, 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 and and what and what does it what does the donation constitute? Does it const, does a donation itself constitute an attempt to buy influence, or 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 is it uh, a show of support? And you it may increase your access in the future, but it's not influencing decisions. You know, I, I, I always yes. believe it's I, yes to all those things. <laughs> Well, I always tend to believe, you know, we, we've talked about with with Andy Bashir, people who have existing relationships, usually politically and usually financially, 
have had an easier time getting uh, answers from the governor's office and getting decisions made on their businesses during COVID-19. Not because that decision was going to be made any different if, if they were or were not a donor. It's just they have the phone number of somebody to call. They have. This isn't going to lead into a discussion about the unemployment system, is it? Well, I, I think we should probably go there next. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, the, the husband of an Emerge graduate, uh, Emerge Kentucky graduate, a friend of the Lieutenant Governor, Jacqueline Coleman, and by the way, the, the son-in-law of a very well-connected, influential, longtime Democrat Party uh, uh, player, Mike Hayden, uh, was apparently dismissed in early May as the head of the unemployment uh, operation there for the state, and uh, Tommy, that seemed like he's taken his dismissal lightly. No, I, from what I could see, he's filed an appeal with the personnel board. And when you look at the fact pattern itself, as a lawyer, issue spotting, you have to think that this guy's, you know, got some sort of a whistleblower claim that he's looking at pursuing. I saw online last night where there were um, some different exchanges that took place on Twitter. And it looks like, you know, this guy's really decided he's going to um, going to take these claims public. I guess you've got several issues there, right? So you've got the, the data breach that took place. Uh, you've got staffing, claim, all these things related to uh, the challenges with the unemployment system. So this, you know, Trey, this, this one has one of those like um, Fletcher administration feels right now. You know, everything that I hear coming out of the, the uh, workforce education cabinet, it just, it smacks of amateur hour. This is why you can say what you want about Matt Bevin. And there was a few cabinet positions that, eh, there was some questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't but know. by and large, and actually, I was talking to the board yesterday, Tom, and bring up this issue, and I used an example. I said, you know, we got a guy who, who knows the state personnel system probably better than anyone else in the state. They, you know, Bevin could have could have done some sort of political thing and put somebody political over but he put somebody who knew who knew the system knew how to operate the system and a lot of people running these cabinets you can say what you want about charles grendel's salary he was he he, he did a good job running you know, he had in the in the cabinets that really needed professional expertise Devin had professional people running it they put jacqueline coleman who had zero you can, she may be a nice woman i've never met her she had zero zero qualifications to run that cabinet from a professional background on her CV, there was zero qualifications to run that cabinet, and it's and it's showing horribly. A lot of political appointments were made. You know, multiple just emer you read, read through this story from the Kentucky Center for Investigative Reporting, not what you call a right wing media outlet. Uh, just multiple mentions <laughs> of, of no. multiple mentions of 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 uh, emerged Kentucky graduates being put places. I do love the fact that they clearly knew that like they weren't hiring serious people to do the work because they kept the person Bevan had running it on as 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 a like a an assistant or something. You know, so it's like, oh, we'll keep somebody over here to actually do the work. Uh, it just it's going to be bet, really interesting. <laughs> I don't know this. I would bet, and I guess I guess I will make this a to do item for the next show. I will go back and look at the Registry of Election Finance reporting for cabinet secretaries and maybe just some prominence for uh, Bevin's first uh, run for office. And I will bet you, um, I would, I'll be shocked if more than half of the cabinet secretaries contributed to Bevin's campaign. I mean, I will, I will absolutely be shocked. And I bet if I went and I looked at other positions like 
uh, you know, the, the, the little perks out there like fish and wildlife lottery, you know, I, I bet if I look at a bunch of those, the surprise will be how few of them had any sort of contribution relationship there. I think we've that's, talked just, about that's just not how it was done then. I, I mean, think we've talked about it before. Multiple, multiple state employees commented to me uh, how shocked and, re- and they were and, and refreshing it was that, you know, some of them went to high rank administration officials and said, so how much, you know, elections coming up, how much they got to get to, to stay on. And they yeah, that was shocked. frustrating. I never got a chance to talk about some of that. You know, we actually interviewed a number of people. I had somebody got in a fight with me and I let a lot of this go inside the personnel cabinet. When I worked there, every single non-merit employee that would speak told us that they were asked to make donations. Now that was Longmire's cabinet. All of them. Yeah. Everyone. And, and, and I've had people come that to was me. was there and, that I had the opportunity to interview. I've had people come to me and left say, and denied. people come to me and said, and said, I, I can't believe that, that it was so refreshing that I wasn't asked to make a contribution. And he's like, I didn't have to do anything if I wanted to keep my job. It was great. We, yeah, we, we never experienced that before. Somebody wants to do an open record request. We left the affidavits there. <laughs> we did because that was part of the problem because then, of course, you know, the allegations are that, well, you shook people down. They're going to say that. No, actually, these are generally, these are people of uh, high character and they told the truth when they were asked. And I, I can give you one example, the most ludicrous of all of them, Trey. And one of the things we very specifically did is we did not release the names at the time that we did the investigation because we were scared of the, you know, the retribution that would be taken against people. It turns out we were right. Um, one of the people that was involved at personnel was the daughter of a Democratic state representative and was shaken down for cash. Yeah. I would testify to that under a Got to prove that loyalty, you know? Uh, I just, it didn't, I'm sorry, didn't give enough. <laughs> Single parent. You know, didn't give enough. You, you, That's you, the you, old way, man. You, I, just, well, you, I don't understand. It's, it's the current way. I mean, you go through this. We, we talked about the shenanigans that happened over at the, the Kentucky Horse Park with the new executive director there. Uh, the stuff with Fish and Wildlife, the stuff with the Fair Board. This, this situation, you know, it is clear that the bad old days are well in hand back in Frankfurt and that even even COVID is not stopping the Democrat machine from taking what they can and pillaging the state government. It's It's a risk of just wasting any opportunity to do any good in this administration by not finding some sort of commonality to work with the legislature. I, I don't I don't understand. Day, day one, you appoint a, a school board that is 100% registered Democrats. You know, yeah. Oh, by the way, do you see the new school board, the commissioner of the Kentucky uh, Department of Education? <laughs> yeah. That's a four-year contract proposal. I'm sorry. I oh, wait, 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 Tom, 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 Tom. Four I, years. I thought, thought there's only one-year one year contracts right four now. Four years. Ah, oh, man. Jeez. Must be good to know people. Uh <laughs> Well, in, in, in other uh, other news going around, the, uh, the kind of an under under the, the radar issue, there's kind of been a long running uh, discussion about what to do with the Kentucky Burley Co-op. Uh, obviously, uh, tobacco growing in the state has has uh, dropped way off. Uh, you know, people just especially in the U.S. aren't smoking. You know, a lot of people don't know this, Tom. I think we're well over eighty percent, maybe even ninety percent of all the Burley grown in Kentucky is immediately. Uh, shipped overseas. It's not, not, a, not a piece of it's sold or, or consumed in the United States. It's all, uh, all shipped overseas. But uh, the co-op is uh, looking at uh, potentially liquidating some of its investments, some property. 
and uh, and then uh, paying out uh, what's left to the to, to, to members of the co-op. You know, obviously that was set up not only to help connect farmers with the uh, with with uh, buyers, but also especially in the '90s to help uh, kind of disperse the uh, disperse the tobacco payout settlements, or the tobacco settlement payouts, and uh, so you know, just kind of, kind of a kind of an interesting uh, vestige of of bygone era with the uh with, with the co-op still in operation but it, it looks like its days are probably uh probably numbered yeah it's probably time it's interesting i was in bourbon county some this weekend uh and i can give you my uh covid thoughts on that later but quite a bit of uh burley still being grown out there but it's all sold directly by the the farmers contracts. to uh, in, yeah in, in manufacturing yep. yeah it's, it's, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's very few people going burly on spec anymore. It's, it's, if you don't have a contract with RJR or Philip Morris, Philip Morris International, you're not, you're not growing it. Uh, cause it, it's, you just, you, you can't sell it anymore. Um, well, let's, let's move on to COVID Tom Sunday. I, and I, and I still have to believe that there's a, there, there's, there's something up with those numbers. Cause there's just no, no, that, 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 sh- that, that increase from Sunday was just shocking, but we we're at 797 cases Sunday, Tom. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, what's a positive test? What's um, number of people being tested? The people that are getting tested now, at least in Fayette County, you know, uh, colleagues tell me that there's a sh- it's getting harder to get testing shortage. So the people that are getting the test and- are more people that be- believe that they, you know, they're showing symptoms versus people that are just, there's a well, novelty to, it, let's go get checked. And there's a lot of problem in that, you know, I, I, I'm seeing a lot of reports on social media of people who were, uh, who, who contact tracers have gotten their names from people who did test positive, mm-hmm. but somehow, somehow they're being entered into the system as being a positive test rather than someone who needed to be contacted yeah. because, and, and now there's a CNN report that in at least 11 states, the, uh, data from the antibody tests is being commingled with the data from the, I had, I currently have COVID tests. Uh, and, and, and they're be, being, being reported as, as one number rather than, you know, people who did have COVID in the past and, and have signs of antibodies versus, versus people who currently have COVID. So, you know, there's, it seems like we have a major, and this isn't just Kentucky, nationwide, we have a major data management problem with, and, and, but you can see, I mean, you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of names of people testing positive, plus, you know, all of those people are probably giving these people 50 names to get involved in contract tracing, you know, it's just, it's, it's a lot of data to manage, man. Well, we think about the number of people that have gotten multiple tests because they'll get a test and it'll either, yep. you know, it'll be positive or negative. So they come back, test again, test well, and, again. And I mean, the, the rapid, the rapid tests are incredibly uh, unreliable. And so you have to get the rapid test and then you go get the, 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 you know, the test that takes a couple of days to come back and it's, yep. it's extended kind of family member on Facebook, I think that she had been tested three times and she had, she had symptoms that were classic COVID-19 symptoms. And it was only, I think the fourth time that she got a, a positive antibody test on it. My, so it's my, like, fa- my ah. father, before he passed was tested three times and all three came back as inconclusive. But they, they had, they had him in isolation. So, uh, you know, the, te- the tests are, I, I'm told the tests are about 30% false negative and about 25% false positive. So at some point you're like, well, why are we even testing then? Well, there are, oh, there's a lot of people selling tests, Trey. I mean, it's good, good money in the test 
testing business. Well, uh, I was in Paris I, I, this weekend. By the way, I'm I'm, t I'm told you know Kentucky's got several testing centers that I'm that I'm told are are testing for multiple states that you know are up, approaching two hundred thousand tests processed uh, a day uh, in, wow. in Kentucky. It's not not all Kentucky tests around around the area. Well, I was able to get out of uh, Fayette County this weekend. Um, I did not in Fayette County. My experience is anecdotally for folks that are listening that aren't around these parts that uh, adherence is high. I mean, it, it, that what I visually see now, having gotten out of Fayette County and the further, the more rural the areas I've seen less um, compliance. I mean, all the businesses are doing what they're supposed to do, but you know, customers are, we're pushing rules. How's that? Yeah. I, you know, I heard a good friend said her husband got, got mask shamed down at the lake this weekend. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. It got, got out, got out of the Marina to go and use, use the restroom. And somebody was like, you know, you're going to suffocate with that mask on. <laughs> Take it up. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> uh, you, know. you know, but the, the numbers go up though, there's stuff getting put back in. We're, we're back down to 10, 10 uh, people at a gathering. Uh, yeah, I mean, and again, you know, there, there's been a number of things that have been highlighted. We have all the litigation that's going on with the Attorney General's office, the stay that's been put in place by the Kentucky Supreme Court, and it keeps coming back to the inconsistency. So explain to me the logic. I would think that I would be infinitely better situated to control 50 people in my backyard um, because I know them, I'm going to know their experience. I have a personal relationship with them. They in instinctively probably don't want to do ill to me, or there's a higher maybe level of respect than just strangers. And I get the idea that you're in a business and the business wants to stay open, but it's just inconsistent. I mean, what the, where the hell are you getting that? Yeah, it's all kind of. And then Trey, this is something else. I mean, you and I are crazy informed. I mean, we're on social media and we do this and that. What if you're just, you know, not everybody keeps up to date with the stuff at the same level. Not everybody takes the, in fact, many people don't take the newspaper and have completely turned off the social media. So how do you, how do you keep people informed about what these somewhat arbitrary and frequently changing rules are? Yeah. It, 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 and you know, what's a, what's a mandate? What's a recommendation? What, you know, and he talked again about, uh, she talked again about travel advisories yesterday and uh, I saw that they were very, specific to note in a later uh, exchange with Chris Weiss, the attorney who's been winning a lot of these lawsuits, that it's just that it's an advisory. It's not in violation, you know, this is not in violation. Yeah, it's a recommendation. Them. That's all. Yeah. So, you know, it's just- Because the other one was thrown out, wasn't it? Yeah, the other one got thrown out. So they, they said this is just an advisory. It's it's not it's not a not a rule. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a mess, man. And until they get the data down, Pat, it's, you know, then you got this couple over in Hardin County who are having to wear ankle monitors, not because they refused to self-quarantine, but because they wouldn't sign the paperwork that the health department tried to get them to sign because they had some questions about some of the verbiage on it. I've sat with several of my uh, close friends that are lawyers, um, better lawyers than me, and for the life of us, we can't figure out what the legal authority is for those orders. You know, if you go back and you dig through some of the, the stuff that's out there, there are, um, you know, there's a state statute, I think, that specifically references tuberculosis, but it's specific. And, you know, this isn't, um, you know, this isn't hemorrhagic fever, okay, where you have a 90% fatality rate. And it's, I don't know, I think it's just really, it's really difficult. And I, I don't know why we can't go through the e-reg process 
make these things administrative regulations so there's an opportunity to fully vet them instead of just arbitrarily doing it because eventually one or two things is going to happen. Either they get thrown out, and I feel comfortable in the legal precedent, they're going to get thrown out, or you know, we, we could find a middle ground and work together on it so when the legislature comes back and they're going to make changes in this, no question about it, you know, why can't we find a middle ground so that we don't overreact and make it, you know, extremely difficult to do what might need to be done under unique circumstances? Well, again, this gets back to Andy Beshear's refusal to work with anyone. You know, if, if I mean, he could, he could easily say today, we're the, the Supreme Court is, has stayed the order to, to throw out the, uh, to throw out the, uh, the regs. You know, the, we're going to continue with the appeal just so that that stays in place, but we're not going to appeal any further. We're, you know, we, we're, we, we want to work with you. Let's bring a team in. I mean, here's what I'd do. I'd, I'd get maybe two, a, a state rep from each party, a state senator from each party, a county judge from each party, uh, and just get you, get you a Zoom call. I mean, it's, it, you don't have to have committee hearings because it's an executive order. You don't have to have some sort of huge drawn-out process. You, you can have an informal committee that you get in the call and say, all right, you know, what's working? What, what do we need to, to do to, 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 to put down statewide and have a discussion? But we're not. It's, it's, it's this guy and a couple of people that are fist around him throwing stuff out and hoping it works. Hey, Trey, you know what the difference is between Andy Bashir and God, don't you? What's that? God doesn't think he's Andy Bashir. Um, let's talk some, some, some non, uh, semi-depressing news here. Well, I guess at least interesting. Uh, Wayne and Gabriel, not, uh, not number one in the, on the uh, big blue nations list right now. Yeah. Winion's dead to me. Yeah. Uh, trying to talk uh, recruits out of coming to UK. Apparently this is, uh, a, a, a text exchange came out with Jade McDaniels, who I believe is now signed with the G league. It's, it's going straight to, uh, straight to the G league. But, uh, Apparently, Wade had sent some texts saying that uh, he didn't didn't really like playing for Cal. Cal, what he told him didn't really play out, didn't pan out, and uh, probably shouldn't go there. Yeah, we all, you know, we learn from our our failures, right? Not our successes. Uh, Winion certainly was regarded of having made a few failures while he was at at UK, but he's gone on. I mean, he's playing professional basketball. Someone is paying him to play a sport, a lot of money to play a sport. Um, to go back and attack any part of that foundation or any part of that, that narrative, that, that, that beautiful story about how it happens. I just don't think it helps his brand. And I, I have to think that, you know, he's going to regret this down the road. Not but, to mention, yeah, not it to doesn't matter to me. He's dead. So. Not to mention the big blue nation. Uh, they have a reputation for trolling on social media. So I'm sure he's in for a, for a fun week or so with his, uh, his social media feeds. Um, some, Legal difficulties, Tom, for a Kentucky brewery, Sawstone Brewing up in Moorhead. Uh, this comes to us from our friends over at Kentucky Sports Radio. Apparently, they've been sued by Stone Brewing. And I love Stone Brewing because they, they have a whole video they put out uh, a couple years ago because they got involved in a lawsuit with Keystone, trying to get Keystone to stop. I forget exactly what the verbiage on the suit was. It was, it, they wanted to, like, make sure that the, 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 the packaging didn't have the words key and stone separated. And it was very clear that this is, you know, this is not stone brewing. Uh, and, and they had this whole thing about like, Oh, we're the antithesis to big beer and we're, we're fighting back for the, you know, against the big guys. Well, 
you don't know, Stone Brewing, uh, based out of uh, Escondido, California, is the ninth largest uh, craft brewery in the country. And they are suing a brewery that has a three-barrel brew house that made 100 barrels last year. Because their name is Sawstone. Sawstone is the name for limestone bricks for which the building that the uh, from which the building that the brewery is in is made out of. You know, a lot of these companies, what they do, they subscribe to services that basically protect your intellectual property. And so when they see filings or they catch, you know, media clicks on it, they send, they send notices. And um, it strikes me that this might, you know, there's certain categories for different products and whatever else. It strikes me that this is one of those maybe like terrible overreactions. So it's an opportunity for the, the public to, to push back and um, well, you know, I, I hope I, that common sense may prevail. I'd say that I've had, I've had run-ins with Greg Koch who, who runs, uh, who owns stone and I, he's, he's kind of, kind of a douche. <laughs> There's a reason he's got a beer called arrogant <laughs> bastard because he is, he's an asshole. <laughs> we had a, uh, we had a disagreement at the beer trap one night at a, uh, at a tasting thing. <laughs> well, the hell with him then. I, I think, I think he turned to my wife and, and said, you're married to this asshole. <laughs> But did, didn't say it jokingly. Probably not either. the first time that's been said, actually. But no, no, but he, he definitely uh, did not say it jokingly. <laughs> um, I'm going through to see what else we got in the news here this week, Tom. Uh, I think uh, there there should be a decision Friday on Fayette County Public Schools. Jefferson County Public Schools have already said they're going to be uh, they're they're going to be online only for the first part of the year. Uh, I've seen some guidance in, in a lot of other counties. Uh, some of them are doing the the weird kind of two days on, three days off, uh, NTI, the rest of it. Uh, it's kind of a hodgepodge statewide on, on what the schools are doing. I, I just, I don't know how any, how any of this is going to work. Uh, you know, I, first of all, how do parents plan? Like, how do you, how do you secure childcare when you're going to have two days this week, I need it, and three days next week? It, 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 it's just, the whole thing's a mess. They just need, they just need to either open them or shut them. Like, the, the middle ground just seems untenable. Especially, yeah, but, especially but what do you there. do? What do you do if they shut them? I mean, we, we've all done this for a pretty good amount of time. And what's we're all struggling with this. We don't have, we feel like the data are at least compromised or we question its overall integrity. We've got kids that have been out of school for an extended period of time. What's the, what's the greater good? What's the harm? Um, you know, You've seen the numbers on, on drug overdoses. That have been yeah. released over the last few. I mean, it's forty percent increase, three hundred percent, and then the crime statistics and what they've gone up. I mean, well, and and with education, here's the thing. I think we've talked about it before. Is the needs, educational needs of a first through fifth grader are different than the educational needs of a high schooler. You know, when you're when you're in in lower elementary, you're doing two things. You're learning the basics. You know, your ABCs and math. And you're learning how to how to learn. You can't learn how to learn through NTI. You you can you can learn uh, things like you know algebra or you know physics or or whatever. You you can learn a lot of that stuff through NTI. You can't learn how to learn through a computer screen at home where you got all this other stuff going on. Not to mention the, the strain it's going to put on on working parents to have to figure out childcare and, 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 you know, you're going to have parents having to choose between going to work or leaving a seven-year-old at home alone. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
not, none not, of these not, outcomes are good. And at the same time, we've got daycare models that are failing because, I mean, just the economy of scale doesn't work for 10 yep. kids inside one of these organizations. I mean, everything about this is a complete cluster. Well, here, see, uh, here's, here's, another, here's another thing I've been, I've been kind of been stuck up my crawl lately about, about the schools, Tom, is you have Jefferson County trying to get a huge tax increase to pay to, to, to raise more money for schools. What did they, they pay last year in gas and different transportation fees for their busing program, Tom? I think it was like 90 million plus, somewhere in that Was it that much? I, I think it was about uh, 40 to 50 million for equipment and staff, and then another 40 million plus for, for fuel. Well, here's the thing. They're not gonna be busing any kids. The buildings don't need all the HVAC and, and everything. They're gonna have, there's a there's gonna be a tremendous drop in expenditures. I mean, yes, you're gonna have to probably purchase some new software and different equipment and whatnot, and and you know there there are gonna be some expenses involved in training for NTI and, and that sort of stuff. These school districts gonna be saving money. Like, but you know what? I, I I guarantee you, they're all gonna come back just like Jefferson County, asking for their full increase. Which is which is ridiculous. If anything, they should be given a rebate to working parents to help pay for daycare and childcare. All right. So some other areas of you know day to day life, we've seen COVID nineteen relating to maybe some. It's become the catalyst for some changes that maybe we thought about for a long time. Uh, things like uh, you know the National League having a designated hitter. No, no. I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's but we right. have seen we have seen some catalysts for other things, right? Um, communists, Tom, that's who like that is the hitter. Communists. Conceptually, the idea of a school calendar that is based on an agrarian, you know, world model doesn't make sense anymore. It's not good for the kids to have that amount of time off, the amount of relearning that takes place. It's just time to change. You know, everybody should get, you know, you should get three weeks in December, three weeks in March, three, whatever, or just maybe there's still a longer break. Maybe it's a month, but it's not a three month shutdown. And that's, that's the type of things we need to talk about. I understand air well, conditioning and, bills and, there's, and other there's, things. There's some, schools, there's some schools that are already doing it. I, I believe Franklin Independent maybe mm -hmm. You're is, right. uh, is, is yeah. year-round. I, I looked at it several weeks ago. I want to say there's like 12 school districts in the state. Most of them are, are independents. There's like 12 school districts in the state that are, that are already doing it. That, that are doing Somebody that, schooling. that sends their child to a private school, I am concerned about Governor Bashir's order and whether or not he will force us into a one-size-fits-all. Will he, through executive fiat, um, require um, all schools to close and what the impact of that would be? Because I think that other schools, I mean, we're working on different types of models that could, there are ways to, to accomplish oh, things man. otherwise. If, 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 he, if, if he's just bored and feels like he's not spending enough time in the courtroom, I mean, that's a good way to... Good, good, good way to go about it. Well, again, that is part of the problem, right? I mean, there, there's a distractive, there's a distraction element going on right here. Don't have to yeah. fight everybody, and you don't have the resources to accomplish it right now. So let's just let's work together. Um, I, I don't know if you saw this story, Tom Tucker Carlson. Apparently, uh, there is a story coming out in the New York Times where uh, the New York, the New York Times is basically like following him and taking pictures, and they're going to do a whole story on on his new house that he moved to after his old house got doxxed and they had people there screaming at his wife and she was like hiding in the closet with her kids calling the cops because he wasn't even there. 
uh, now the New York Times is now, I love that like well, we're not printing his address we're just printing pictures of the house and talking about the move like <laughs> of course th then th as happens in 2020 then his fans all went out and doxed the reporter <laughs> put all, put all the, that reporter's personal info and where they live on, on first of all where does the New York Times get off like wh what what news is there in Tucker Carlson having moved like that. I, I'm not a Tucker fan, but come on. Like, don't you have real stuff to report? And then, of course, it, it, it was the most predictable thing ever that then the reporter would get doxxed. <laughs> like, hey, I, people going insane. We live in a stupid time. <laughs> um, we do. I, I, I don't. It's sad. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, I'm just looking to see. I'm if sure, any... though. I mean, with this election this fall, I think things are going to get a lot better. Oh yeah, it's all going to be <laughs> puppies, puppies and rainbows here on 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 through November. <laughs> yeah, unicorns, uh, puppies riding on special puppy saddles on the back of unicorns through the streets of <laughs> candy. What's that song? The Big Rock Candy Mountain. Yes. The cigarette trees and the whatever. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Um, baseball and basketball coming back, Tom. I think basketball tips off on Friday. Baseball, I want to say, is if not this weekend, then next week. And I, I don't know if you saw who's going to be throwing out the first pitch for the uh, Washington Nationals game. <laughs> it's Fauci, right? Fauci's going to throw out the first pitch yeah. for the next game. <laughs> I, I think the standard on any first pitch has to be the uh, George uh, W. Bush throw at that. Was it the Yankees? game yeah. post 9-11 i mean over the plate solid pitch no pressure there's a great so you know espn's got 30 for 30 uh they but they also have like 30 for 30 shorts that are website only and there's a great 30 for 30 short about that pitch uh, about the uh, talking to a lot of the white house officials at the time and kind of you know everything it, it kind of goes from uh president bush on top of the pile of rubble with the with the bullhorn you know they, they can hear, I can hear you, and soon the whole world, world will hear, hear us. It goes from that moment on, to the, on through the first pitch. It, it's a really, like, you know, you'll, you'll tear up watching it. It's a really good, uh, really good piece. Um, uh, anyway, I hope Fauci gives a, gives a speech there on the mound about how COVID should not stop, uh, should not stop the uh, National League from uh, continuing on without the DH. The DH, Tom, is for socialists. The DH is welfare for pitchers, Tom. It's basically saying, oh, poor pitcher, you can't hit. We're going to get somebody to do that for you. It's what BS. was your college batting average? We had a DH. Oh, really? Huh. I had a DH in high school. I hated it. Because you never got to bat, is what you're saying. Well, plus, it takes, the strategy. It, it, it takes strategy of the game. Baseball's not about just sending a big guy up there to smash the ball. It's about, it's about strategy and finesse, and the DH removes a lot of that. Well, I saw they've got some other wacky rules that are built in. What is it? If it goes to extra innings, you get a runner at second base? Yeah, and some of, some of these they've been doing in the minor leagues for a couple of years. It's, some of them are, are permanent rules. That one is one they're doing just to speak. Which I, like, how many games are going to go to 15 innings? That's just not – you know, if you want to do that, like – the 16th inning or something you and you said that rule that's fine uh they've got uh you a pitcher that comes in has to pitch to three batters now you know so the the day of the uh, left inning uh, the left-handed uh relief specialist is over uh sorry john franco dan please your your day is passed uh 
you know, that you had to pitch to at least three. Probably the last time I was watching Reds baseball was probably back <laughs> in that era. I was, I, I, I used to threaten that, that I was going to name uh, Finn uh, Frank Franco Plesac Watson, and just anytime he tried to reach for something, <laughs> his right hand slapped the hell out of it and turn him, turn, <laughs> forcibly turn him into a left-handed reliever. <laughs> Uh, speaking of baseball, I guess, you know, and going back to our discussion about Tucker Carlson and assholes, somebody was taking pictures of Andy Bashir's son at a at a baseball game this weekend. I guess now I will say this. The whole thing is the thing where he was out of state. No, the, the, the they were they were in Middletown. The whole thing seemed to me That's like absurd. kind of a stunt that, you know, Bashir showed up and like got out of the car and saw people weren't wearing masks. And, like it came off to me like it was something that Bashir did as a media stunt. I feel bad for the kid. I'm sure he wanted to play. Dad wouldn't let him. Not only that, but people are there being a-holes and taking pictures of the kid. Like people, the kid, the kids are off limits. Don't, don't, just don't ever, no, don't ever do anything to the kids. Yeah, that's one of the problems. All this technology we carry around. I'm strongly in favor of the, uh, you know, just the no kid rule. Like, you know, that's that's too far. Yeah. Not now. I mean, there's a. I mean, without you know, exception. It once if 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 they're like you know. 20, 20 plus or so years old, or if they insert themselves into the campaign, forcibly making snarky comments and doing, yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's a huge difference between, uh, you know, Ivanka Trump and Andy Bashir's 11 year old. But, but that's, that's also the danger of social media is, is, you know, it lowers the barrier of entry into the arena of politics. Anybody with a Twitter account now can involve themselves in the political process. And that's, good sometimes but as we've seen on twitter it's bad most of the time well we're coming full circle then so we talked about you know the role of money in politics and uh you've seen the stories this week on facebook and the number of large companies that have pulled their ad spins with facebook going into this election cycle and uh some of the thought process behind it i you know this new media and what how social media is reflected in that it just i don't know maybe we just haven't got it figured out yet it's one of those things it's almost like you need to have uh, you know, classes in school, like, hey, you know, this is when it's okay to do this. And, you know, don't take photos of, of people's kids and put them online unless they know about it. And um, yeah, those sorts I, of things. Because I don't no, know that we all know. I mean, it, 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 sometimes you do this stuff, you don't even think about it. No, 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 but nobody, nobody wants to know where, nobody wants or needs to know where, like, this guy's house is or, like, you know, your, 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 your job is your job and once you walk out the door of that facility like come on people let people live it's ridiculous yeah all right um well tom i think i am about done for the day uh that's all it's like I literally you just you just head into the pool yeah i might as well <laughs> uh i think you can do right now it's about a thousand degrees no still still lots to do unfortunately but uh, and, and a t-ball practice tonight that's sure to be like 95 degrees they might would like to come take, take pictures of me at, at, at T-ball practice. Feel free. I don't know why they would want to. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not as interesting as the governor, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I lost my train of thought there for a second. It's been a, it's been a bang-up show I, today. I, I, think, I, think, I think many people would suggest that you are more interesting than the governor, Trey. Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway, that's all I've got. We should be back hopefully on Thursday uh, before uh, 
Tom, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you, you spent a little bit of time at the, uh, at the undisclosed location. I'm, I'm going to my own undisclosed location next week. So, yeah, uh, I may, I'm thinking about going back to an undisclosed location. <laughs> I, may be, I may be back in an undisclosed location in a few days, and I may just stay there. <laughs> Hunker down. Well, they may not let me back if I don't. Yeah, so. Well, you know. That's uh, the plan. That's, that's, that's the cost of doing business. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in to another Kentucky Politics Weekly. And uh, you can check us out at wherever, you, wherever you stream uh, your podcasts. To get us on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to give us a review. And uh, we should be back with you Thursday uh, on Kentucky Politics Week.